As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome into the Athletic Baseball Show presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag with Ken Rosenthal. I'm Tim McMaster. The World Series rolls on thanks to the Astros' 9-5 win in Atlanta Sunday night. The Braves look to be on their way to snapping that 26-year title drought when Adam Duvall smashed a grand slam off Framber Valdez in the first inning. But this core group of Astros players, they just don't go down easily. Dusty Baker mixing up the batting order. It paid off big time as the struggling attack got rolling again. They tied the game up at four, then again at five, before Marwin Gonzalez singled home the go-ahead run in the fifth inning. From there, they roll. So Houston up off the mat, but still trailing in the series three games to two. In game six Tuesday, the Braves will turn to Max Fried, coming off back-to-back bad starts. With Jose Arquiti pitching out of the bullpen in Game 5, actually picking up the win in Game 5, Baker told Ken after the game on the field that Luis Garcia will start on three days rest in Game 6. If you want to be part of the conversation on this show, it's easy. The phone number to get your question into Ken is 646-543-7072. You can also email us, tabaseballshow at gmail.com. With that, let's get to your questions. Here's Ken. Hey, this is Ken. I'm not available right now. Please leave a voicemail. Hello, everyone. Coming to you from Atlanta on the morning of Game 5 of the World Series with the Braves leading three games to one. Because the series has not been decided and might not be decided tonight or might be, I am not going to go into too much detail about what actually has happened because so much is still to happen And I don't want the podcast to be too dated. So on this particular day, I'm going to go right to your questions. We've got a few really good ones this week. And let's start with a voicemail from Samuel in Asheville, North Carolina. Hi, Ken. This is Samuel Fleming from Asheville, North Carolina. I'm a Red Sox fan. And I'm not sure how this offseason is going to go. 
because it seems a lot of it's going to depend on how much John Henry would spend. And from, like, 2004 to, like, 2011, I would have been pretty confident that he would that he would spend on a team that went to the ALCS, um, even though it was sort of ragtagged and duct-taped together by the end, to make sure that we would have a better team this year, next year. But, unfortunately, he's also the owner of Liverpool. And I know that he has a big, big, big contract to sign with his best player, Mohamed Salah. And I'm worried that the Salah contract is going to get in the way of him spending on the Red Sox. Am I wrong? Thanks. Now, Samuel, I know John Henry does own Liverpool, and I was not aware of this Mohamed Salah situation, but I will tell you this. The Red Sox have a lot of money. I don't expect finances to be a problem this offseason, but they do have a number of outstanding contractual issues that they need to address. The first, I guess, would be the J.D. Martinez opt-out. Now, that's not their choice. That's his. I expect him to opt out. He's got one year, over $19 million left on that deal. Could he beat that guarantee on the open market? Yes, absolutely he could. Kyle Schwarber, mutual option. That's for $11.5 million, I believe. That's something where Schwarber is almost certainly going to take his part of the option and decline it, and that would make him a free agent. And then the other big free agent will be Eduardo Rodriguez, the left-handed pitcher who has been inconsistent but certainly has had his moments, has a great relationship with Alex Cora, and is someone that I would think the Red Sox ideally would want back. Some other issues as well. Christian Vasquez, $7 million option. I expect they will pick that up. He is a guy that's been there. He is maybe not worth $7 million if you're breaking it down strictly by the numbers and value. But for the Red Sox, I would say he is worth that money. Adam Adovino, Martin Perez from the bullpen, also free agents. Some bigger issues going forward. Xander Bogarts, free or at least the chance to be free after 2022 if he exercises an opt-out. And Rafael Devers, eligible for free agency after 2023. Now, all this is taking place against the backdrop of the collective bargaining negotiations. We do not know exactly what the landscape is going to look like. I expect that's going to slow down things this offseason. The agreement expires December 1st. You'll see some deals in November, but a lot of teams are going to want to see what exactly that CBA lays out as far as the future economic picture of the game, the structure of how we're going to go forward. So, in summary, the Red Sox are going to spend money. How they're going to spend it, I'm not sure. How many of these players that could be gone will return, I don't know about that either. But I just don't see this team ever being one where you're saying, oh my gosh, they went cheap. That's not been their history. They've done some things, yes, to reduce payroll and try to build a more sustainable contender in their eyes. And the Mookie trade was foremost among them. But at the same time, it's not as if they've simply retreated from a financial perspective. So, Samuel, I wouldn't worry about it. The next question is an email. It says, hey, Ken, the Cardinals have hired Oliver Marmel as their new manager. How do you feel about the hire? Seems like the Cardinals' way to promote from within the organization and not go for the sexy hire, if you will, like Cardinals or former Cardinals Skip Schumacher or Carlos Beltran. 
Do you think Marmo will be able to lead this team to possibly winning the division or a wild card spot, or does that just depend on what moves the front office does or doesn't do this offseason? I was kind of afraid this move sets the organization back a little from having Schilt as manager to Marmo. All right, this is a thick question. And when I say thick, there's a lot going on with the Cardinals, and we don't know yet what exactly led to the dismissal of Schilt. Philosophical differences was the reason. That's rather vague. It doesn't tell us much. Certainly, there seems to be some communication issues with the coaching staff. There certainly seemed to be some pushback from Schilt on some things the front office wanted to do, whether analytically or not. Again, it's not exactly clear. Now, Oliver Marmel is highly respected. He's one of those up-and-coming young managerial types who at some point was likely going to get a job. Mike Schilt had never managed in the majors before he got the job, did pretty well. Marmel could be the same type of success story. We don't know that. At the same time, when you dismiss a manager who had had success with your franchise and go to someone who has not managed in the major leagues, you're clearly taking a chance. And the other thing I wonder about with the Cardinals is how exactly is this going to work if indeed, and it's an if, the coaches were sort of behind this whole thing, or at least their frustration with Schilt was behind it. What happens if they turn on Marmel? I know I'm speculating here, but when you only say the reason for the firing is philosophical differences, guess what? People are going to speculate. Also, the Cardinals really have been internal in the way that they've gone about it. They haven't gone outside, as the person writing the email notes. Might it have been a time to do that? Hmm. It would have been an interesting choice to see them go out and maybe they get Bob Melvin instead of the Padres. So a lot is unclear here. Now, yes, they need one more bat, and I expect the front office to do their best in the offseason to give Marmel the best possible team that they can because keep in mind, they're going to be under scrutiny too, John Mozeliak, president of baseball operations, for making this move. And if they do not give Marmel the best possible chance to win, they're going to be looked at as, hey, what were you doing messing with a good thing? So again, a lot of unanswered questions here. I wish I could offer more specifics. I do believe in time. Hopefully through good reporting, we'll be able to find out more about what went on. But this remains an odd move by the Cardinals. There's no question about it. And while Marmel could be the next great manager in the game, I do not rule that out. It's certainly a questionable decision and one that is going to be looked at throughout all of 2022. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The next question comes from Pat in Lansing, Iowa. Pat asks, 
are the Rays going to play some home games in Montreal next year? No, the answer to that is no. The Rays have a lease at Tropicana Field through 2027. Now, they are talking still about that Montreal plan, which would involve the team playing in two new open-air stadiums in both the Tampa Bay area and Montreal starting in 2028. And as we go forward this offseason with the CBA and with different things that are in play, you might hear more about this and more about the Rays starting to put this plan into motion simply from a timing perspective. It's getting to the time where they're going to need to start making some decisions about how to go forward. It takes a lot of time to build two stadiums. So the plan is a rather interesting one, to say the least. It is what the Tampa Bay ownership believes is the only way to keep baseball in the area. I'm not sure about that, but this is their idea. They would play in the Tampa Bay area through June 15th, have spring training in Tampa Bay as well, so the players would only move once, just as they do in spring training when they go to Tampa Bay. They actually just go up the road from Port Charlotte to Tampa Bay about two hours. Will this all work? Will this all come to fruition? I have no idea. It's an interesting plan. Again, it's perhaps something that is going to get resistance from the Players Association because you're asking players to live in two cities and rent in two cities or buy in two cities, however they're going to work out their housing arrangements. So a lot needs to be finalized here before it even gets to the point of serious discussion. But at the same time, it is something that the Rays are talking about because that lease at Tropicana Field is up in 2027. They're not going back to the Trop. Something is going to give. The next question comes from Jared in San Jose. Jared asks, hey, Ken, love the show. I'm an A's fan. Can you help me understand why the team would allow Bob Melvin to leave for San Diego? He's been so successful with limited resources, I can't wrap my head around it. Jared, I do think I have the answer to this one. Bob Melvin has been successful, and I'm with you. I can't wrap my head around it either, but you kind of have to understand the A's and the way their owner, John Fisher, thinks. And clearly, they are in a position now where they don't want to spend money. And they're letting a manager go who is fairly high paid, reportedly going to the Padres on a three-year, $12 million deal. They're letting him go without compensation. Even though they had him under contract, they let him go. Did not force the Padres to give them anything, which is incredible considering they have one of the more valuable assets in the managerial field. What's going on here? Well... They're going to rebuild. They're going to probably tear it down this offseason. That's every signal we're getting here. That would mean arbitration-eligible players, the most expensive ones like Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, would be available in trade and likely traded. Manaya is another one. Montas, another one. This is a team that ownership probably will tell you has lost money in recent years and maybe ownership doesn't want to lose any more money. The saddest part about this is that this team has done, Jared, as you mentioned, more with less. With Billy Bean and David Forrest and Bob Melvin as their leadership troika, they've done an amazing job in the last decade, really the last two decades. And yet they're willing to let this disintegrate on at least a short-term basis. And it's something that, frankly, that ownership should be embarrassed by. And yes, Major League Baseball should be embarrassed by as well, because this is not a good look for the sport. And I don't know what this means as far as their relocation plans Certainly seems to me that if you're Las Vegas and you're interested in getting the A's, yeah, you want them. But I don't know if you want it under this circumstance. 
So it looks like it's going to be a rather active offseason for the A's. And yes, a lot of people are shocked that this happened. Shocked that the A's let Bob Melvin go without getting any compensation. Just a move that is inexplicable. Unless, of course, you are trying to save money. All right, the final question. And I saved this one for last because I know, at least from my mentions on Twitter and the comments in the athletics comments section, there's been a lot of talk about this. Colton Jones writes, It has been beyond frustrating to see the discourse surrounding the Braves-Astros Game 3 in the World Series. That was such an entertaining game and it was so well-pitched. It was everything that is awesome about baseball, and yet the national media is focusing on how it is further evidence that the sport is broken. Why can't we enjoy baseball for how it has evolved instead of trying to constantly change it back to the way it was when you were a kid? I love starting pitching. I love bullpenning. It's all great. Why can't the media figure out how to enjoy the sport that they cover? Colton, you're talking to me. You're talking to some other people too, but hey, I am more than willing to answer this question because I think what I wrote was not interpreted correctly by a lot of people who, one, maybe didn't read it, or two, maybe didn't understand where I was coming from. Number one, the national media, of which I am a member, every single one of us, I can assure you, loves baseball. It's not even a question. We wouldn't do this for a living if we didn't love baseball. Now, that does not mean we see baseball as perfect. We see baseball as a product that cannot be improved. And what stood out about Game 3 to me, just as Game 6 last year with Blake Snell stood out, is what it shows about, honestly, the disintegration of starting pitching. This is something meaningful. This is something that is incredibly important to the sport. And I'm not going to go through the whole column and what I wrote, but the essence of it was we need to get back to where starting pitching is again considered extremely valuable and a huge part of this game. Right now it isn't. And that's not to blame the Braves for what they did, nor is it to blame, frankly, the Rays for what they did last year. The way the game is managed today, as I explained on Fox that night and as I explained in the column, what the Braves did was perfectly understandable. In fact, it was the right move. That's not what I'm writing about. And I'm not being critical of the Braves, for heaven's sake. As I said on TV, end of the column, they did the right thing. What I am also saying, though, is that this is not the best presentation of the sport and that entertainment is really important. And yes, Game 3 was entertaining, no doubt about that. But there are a few things fans cherish more, a lot of fans, than a great starting pitching matchup. And in that column, I wrote about some rules changes that could help bring back starting pitching, help improve the game, maybe even help the health of starting pitchers who seem to get hurt And frankly, relief pitchers get hurt all the time because of this emphasis on only throwing hard and harder and throwing the breaking ball and spinning it as hard as you can. This is not a healthy trend. Now, you can question whether off of game three was the appropriate time to write that column. That's fair. I can see that. But you know what? I've always felt that when I am moved to write something, and I had this in mind for a while, the best time to write it is when you feel strongest about it, and when, of course, yes, it will get some attention, or more attention than it otherwise might. Another factor here, and this is just talking about me, and I want people to understand this, it's not as if the Athletic did not have this game covered. 
We have more people at the World Series writing about the World Series than I believe any other outlet. So I knew that all of the great things that happened in that game would be covered by our Braves writer, David O'Brien, and our columnist, Jeff Schultz. I knew Andy McCullough would have a great recap of all that went down. I knew Jake Kaplan would have the Astros side of the story. And of course, I knew Jason Stark would capture the weirdness and the wildness as he does every single night in a way that no other writer in this country can. So there's an opening there. And I took that opening. Now, if you're a Braves fan, you might not have liked it. Okay, that's fine. But this is a serious issue. It's a real issue. It's an issue, by the way, that is being discussed in the highest offices of Major League Baseball and the highest offices of the union. It's not going away, folks. It's something that's going to be addressed, I would believe, in the next CBA. So that's the answer. I know it was frustrating to some people. I get it, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But what I was writing about is something that is a very real issue in this sport. doesn't mean I don't like the sport. If I didn't like the sport, I probably wouldn't work so hard writing, talking, and podcasting about it. When you get injured, you don't want to wait for answers and options. That's why it may be time to explore the Nano Experience, a revolutionary treatment option designed to help active people get back to the lifestyles they love. Nanotechnology allows surgeons to see inside even the smallest joints and treat orthopedic conditions with a tiny camera and other nano instrumentation, all through a barely there poke hole incision. Wherever you've experienced an injury, whether it be a foot and ankle, hand and wrist, shoulder and elbow, knee or hip, nanoarthroscopy can be used to diagnose and treat your condition in an extremely, minimally invasive way. Don't wait to learn about the revolutionary nano experience and how it could help you or someone you know after an injury. Visit arthrex.info slash the athletic. This is not medical advice and is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your physician. Talk with your physician about your health condition, potential surgical risks, and whether Arthrex products are right for you. Postoperative management is patient specific and dependent upon your physician's assessment. Individual results will vary. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, with that, I want to thank everyone for listening all season long. It's been a great run. I've had so much fun answering your questions. It's been really great to hear from everybody and hear your interest. And the thing I love most about this sport is that it's a talking sport. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. Everyone has often different opinions about the way things go. And it's the kind of sport where we talk about not just on a weekly podcast or a daily basis, but we talk about things that happen in our sport for years to come. It's the beauty of it, the generational linkage, all of the things that go into that, the history. So again, thank you guys for listening, for sending your questions, for giving them on voicemail and everything that you brought to the show this year. That's it for this week's mailbag. Thank you so much for the great questions and for checking out the show. If you want your question answered next time, it's easy. 
You can use the phone number 646-543-7072, leave us a voicemail, or email us at tabaseballshow at gmail.com. If you like the show, rate and review us wherever you listen. That really helps out as we continue to grow the Athletic Baseball Show. Stay with the Athletic Baseball Show all week long. Another great one coming up on Tuesday. Jason Stark and Doug Glanville will be joined by all-time great Brave Dale Murphy. He always gives an insightful interview. It should be a great one with the Braves on the precipice still of their first championship in 26 years. On Wednesday, Andy McCullough finishes off his checking in on the Athletics beat writers covering the playoff team. That'll either be a wrap-up after Game 6 or a preview of Game 7. And then Thursday, the baseball barista with Grant Brisby and Hunter Pence, followed by Fry- on Friday, Keith Law and Derek Van Riper. Five days of content during the postseason. And a programming note, the great baseball content will continue throughout the offseason. The Athletic Baseball Show will be dropping three days a week. We'll have you covered with the latest on the CBA negotiations, the possible lockout, all the other offseason topics as the Athletics' Evan Drellick hosts a weekly pod going inside the business of the game and much more for actual daily game reaction of the World Series games. We have you covered there as well. On the Rates and Barrels feed, check out that with DVR, Derek Van Riper, Eno Saris, and Britt Giroli. That's available Monday through Friday as long as these games keep going in the postseason. If you want to read all of the great writers working at The Athletic, you can save right now on an annual subscription. You can get 33% off. Go to theathletic.com slash baseball show. Have a great Monday.